0: Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper.
1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight ADHD, hoarder or clutterer, a distinction. And with us in our virtual studio is uh, Elaine Burchall. Uh, we're going to get into the meat of the content in a second, but before we do, uh, just a reminder to everybody that the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is around the corner. It's November the 7th through the 9th in the year 2019 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, personally, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about the event. I'm honored I'll be doing a, work, a workshop on Saturday uh, on working memory. Uh, we're going to do some attention exercises, and then kind of show how that relates to ADHD and um, more things than you actually can imagine. Um, you can learn more about the conference by going to chadd.org. They've got a lot of great keynote um, speakers uh, set up for the event. In fact, we're going to run a show um, at the beginning of October that is going to um, we're going to just do some small interviews uh, with our keynotes to give you tip their hat a little bit to talk about what they're talking about. So take a look for that. Um, Our show tonight is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And in celebration of that event, we're giving away free copies of Attention Magazine in digital form. All you have to do is listen to our show and write down the keyword tonight, uh, which we will share a couple times uh, throughout the show. And uh, then listen to another show, write down the keyword of that show, and all you have to do is take those two keywords and email me um, at at attentiontalkradio.com. That's attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get that, what we'll do is we will forward it off to Chad. They will send you a copy, a PDF copy of the current um, um, edition of Attention Magazine, and then they will send you the next edition when it's in print. Again, write down the two secret words and then uh, email me at attention at um, As I said, our show is being brought to you tonight by Chad. We've got a um, tip they're going to share with you, and then we'll get in with the show. So here we go.
0: Time management may be a problem for some people with ADHD.
2: Some experts suggest a 1-3-5 approach to tackling your to-do list. Indicate which of your items are big, medium, and small in terms of time, energy, and resources. Accomplish one big item, three medium items, and five small things every day. To learn more, visit chad.org.
1: Thanks, Chad, for that tip. Thank you for your ongoing support of Attention Talk Radio. For those that are not aware, Chad is is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to become members of the organization. Uh, Financially Strong, Chad, is a financially strong ADHD community. They're the ones that are uh, uh, lobbying on Capitol Hill um, and working with regulatory agencies and wording the stuff that goes into uh, accommodation laws, et cetera. It's really important that we make sure that uh, those things are worded correctly because words mean everything, and they're the ones that are there. Certainly by becoming a member, of Chad, there's a lot of great member benefits. But, again, uh, we really, really think that uh, a unified ADAC community is really where it's at. Uh, so go donate, uh, sign up, uh, do what you can, and check out their website. They've got a lot of great resources. So, again, thanks, Chad, for everything. Okay. Um, we've talked about this. Um, For years, ADHD really isn't so much a deficit of attention as it is an issue of self-regulation. There's so many things in this world that have an impact on self-regulation or those with self-regulation struggle with. Um, Dr. Russell Barkley released some uh, research about a year ago that talks about life expectancy uh, for those with ADHD is significantly under the general population. And the one common denominator is it's related to self-regulation, self-regulation around food, substances, etc., and so tonight's show is really, um, we're talking about an area of self-regulation, and that is hoarding. Uh, those with ADHD often uh, have a lot of clutter. So what we want to do tonight is talk about the distinction between hoarding and clutter and really kind of get to the issues to kind of help you out. So to do that, we have Eileen Birchall. She's a social worker. She's a hoarding behavior and interventional specialist and a clutter coach. Uh, and is the director of Burchall Consulting. Uh, for the past 17 years, Eileen has dedicated her practice to helping those with Hoarding disorder achieve control over their possessions and hoarding tendencies, as well as to counseling family members. Eileen's new book, Conquering the Clutter: Strategies to Identify, Manage, and Overcome uh, Hoarding, is published by Johns Hopkins University Press. It is available at Amazon.com. For more information about Elaine and her book, and for a quiz to assess where you or somebody you care about may fall on the hoarding spectrum, you can visit her website at hoarding.ca. Again, that's Hoarding.ca, not .com, but .ca. with that, Eileen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. I'm delighted to be here. Um, We're thrilled to have you on. Um, Let's kind of talk about hoarding is – I find a lot of times people – we've done some shows on um, OCD, oppositional defiance behavior, and a lot of people with ADHD, um, I find they they call themselves uh, OCD, but they're really not. What they're doing is – really in order for them to concentrate and focus, they need to have everything done in a very kind of clean environment for them to sit and focus. And so, um, it's not OCD, although they have a tendency to call themselves that, um, people with ADHD have a lot of clutter. Um, and clutter is one thing, hoarding something else. Can you talk us about, talk to us about what cl- hoarding is and what clutter is so we can understand the differences between the two? Yes, I certainly can. Uh, so let's, let's deal with what
2: hoarding is first. So, Okay. At one point in time, uh, hoarding was considered uh, an anxiety disorder, um, and now it's included as of May 2013 in a cluster of obsessive-compulsive and related disorders. So the key word there is compulsive. And hoarding is hallmarked by three characteristics. Um, there's a, a five-and-a-half-page di- uh, description in the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Health Disorder, but, Jeff, it really boils down to three things. First, there's what most people would describe as an excessive accumulation, and I like to say a failure to resolve that accumulation proportionately. That does not mean one thing in, one thing out. It means that fundamentally that person either doesn't have... (coughs) or they have lost the ability to have a check-and-balance system to realize when things are starting to get out of control. The second thing is some or all of the living spaces can't be used for their intended purpose. So, yes, they might be able to cook, but they might have a camping stove in the living room because they can't get to the kitchen. Um, They might have a cooler because they can't, uh, there's no more room in the refrigerator and they can't get to the fridge. So they're still living in the environment, but they're making all kinds of adaptations that just are not in their best interest. The third criteria is distress or impairment in functioning. That impairment in functioning means even though you're living in that environment and you you know, you've know you engaged in some kind of stick-handling logic uh, mentally to normalize it or to reduce uh, the risk you're at, really you're stepping over piles. You're um, ordering out. None of your social or private life is happening in your living environment. The other key thing about the distress to someone, either the person hoarding themselves or somebody else, That key thing about that is that the distress doesn't have to be in real time. It could be that if your neighbor, the fire department, uh, children's services, services to the elderly, uh, animal control, bylaw, property standards, if they knew the truth about the condition of the property, they would have
1: cause to be concerned. Okay, so it's excessive communication and failure to resolve, Um, and that's that's not just one in one out. No. In terms terms of resolving. Yeah, so in terms of resolving, this is a little bit kind of complicated. Tell us more about the resolve part. Um, Is it really just at some point in time, it it's contained and managed in a way that's not impairing your house and not distressing somebody else? Is that really it, or Talk to us more about what that really is.
2: It really starts out that way, and then one of three things takes over. If you're really unlucky, more than one of the three things takes over. First of all, you may have come to this situation with a genetic vulnerability. We know that there are four chromosomes with markers in common. In fact, Johns Hopkins did a a study, uh, a collaborative study of OCD where they found that fourth chromosome as a marker um, for hoarding disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The um, other thing you want to keep in mind is if you have uh, one of the higher-risk comorbid disorders that co- that accompany hoarding disorder, um, you're at a higher risk factor, which is why I'm so grateful that you asked me to be on today because ADD and ADHD, along with a longer list of other uh, disorders put somebody at a higher risk of developing hoarding mm-hmm. disorder. Now, the key thing mm-hmm. about that, Jeff, is that even though you may get your, let's use ADHD as an example, more managed, it's not going to change the hoarding disorder. Once the hoarding disorder has started, it has kicked in, you now have, an additional um, vulnerability. And okay. what, what management of the ADHD can do is to make you more available to do the unique work you need to do to make the decisions to resolve the accumulation. The third um, way that people can end up in a hoarding situation is um, particularly important because I don't think very many of us are actually safe from it happening. And that is that, you know, you're just not the most organized person. It's not that you have a tremendous problem with disorganization. It's just it's a real struggle for you. and But you've learned to manage it. Uh, and then you become vulnerable. You lose a job. You lose health. You lose a loved one. You have an accident. You something happens to destabilize you. Either one big event that knocks you to your knees, or a few smaller ones, but not with enough time in between for you to restabilize. And then Hmm. you end up totally overwhelmed, and this horde builds up around
1: you. So, I'm going to restate this. I don't know if this is going to come out right. So, you can get to a point in time where you develop some compensatory strategies, and it's all kind of held together like some cards, and you have this event, and then the cards start to fall, and then it kind of yeah. cascades, and you become overwhelmed, and it's almost like the cat's out of the bag at that point in time, and you kind of can't get back to where you are because you were able to put this, a few things in place that took care of it, but when it the, the dam breaks, if you will, it's hard to kind of put it back together. Is that kind of accurate?
2: That is exactly it. And the key word is overwhelmed. Letting yourself become sufficiently overwhelmed that because your executive functions don't work properly when you're overwhelmed. Making the decisions, just making decisions becomes an issue. You can't resolve this without making decisions. And so, so managing the balance of good physical and mental health is absolutely key to heading off, making yourself vulnerable to
1: becoming yep. overwhelmed. So, it, it, uh, you know, we've done a lot of shows on our um, on Attention Talk Radio and emotional self-regulation. We did uh, a stint with Autumn Connie from Sesame Street. We've had Dr. Barkley on. We've talked about Fight, Fight, and Freeze. And countless times we've talked about ADHD is a self-regulation issue. One, you have to regulate attention and emotion. And what you're saying is when you get to that overwhelmed and you get, you get emotional at that point in time, it's much more difficult for you to kind of get in and overcome. And we've seen that a bunch of times because once you kind of tip that scales, you can't even remember what to do um, to kind of talk yourself off the ledge. So it gets exponentially more difficult when you get to that. Is that, is that
0: would you agree? Absolutely right? true,
2: Jeff. That is all the right. thing. That's the thing to watch above all else
0: that
1: state right. of being overwhelmed. Wow. Um, okay, what, need to go to a break. For our listeners, our secret tonight is Hoarder, H-O-A-R-D-E-R. Again, our secret word is Hoarder. And uh, Elaine, um, she, her website is hoarding.ca, and her book can be found on Amazon.com. And the book is um, Conquering the Clutter. And um, you, this is just recently it's coming out, I think, in, in about a month. So by the time you guys are listening to this, Would they be able to pre-order it on Amazon,
0: Elaine? Yes,
2: they can pre-order it on Amazon. They can go to my website. There's a link there that will take them through to Johns Hopkins as well. Um, Absolutely.
1: Okay. So everybody, again, check it out on Uh, Amazon.com. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you
1: worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemcguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com/atr. That's addca.com/atr. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide.
0: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off.
1: Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com.
0: And now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
1: Welcome, everybody. We are here with Eileen Burchall. We're talking about uh, ADHD, which really means we're talking about self-regulation, and hoarding is an issue of self-regulation. Before the break, we were really kind of breaking down um, really kind of what hoarding really is all about, and um, and kind of going to some of that, you know, a little bit in detail, which was very enlightening. Um, Elaine, for the people that are out there, some people with ADHD, they have to have, because of working memory challenges, they have a tendency to have a lot of things out, which really are more reminders uh, of things that they need to do uh, than it really is clutter. And often they have so many reminders out that they become overwhelmed by that. I think it's really easy to listen to what you're talking about and what I'm just talking about in confusitude because in end, end the day when you feel that overwhelmed feeling, it's overwhelmed and you get emotional, as we talked about. But one of them is where you have an excessive communication and becomes – in pairing, and the other one is, is really more of a, a structure, and you haven't really learned to manage it visually. Can you talk to us about a little bit of that difference in, so our listeners can kind of make an assessment and then also know a part of this, I think, is maybe the early signs that might manifest, because I don't think you just wake up one day in a, in, a, in a pile of stuff, and it's life in pairing. It gets there over a period of time. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that so we can kind of get our heads around it? Absolutely. It's interesting you say that about the
2: working memory. I'm really happy to hear you say that because uh, people who create a hoarded environment quite often don't trust their memory, and they leave things out as memory aids. But here's what happens, Jeff. When they access item number one and then they put it down, they – look for item number two, and they start to churn that organizational system that they have laid out, and it's a recipe for disaster because what happens is you churn probably one of the next items that you're looking for, and it becomes lost in the piles, and that is really, really discouraging. And I know many people say to me in the in the beginning when they ask me to start helping them, I have to leave things out. My cupboards are bare, um, but nothing in the drawers, because if I can't see it, I don't remember it. And that's mm-hmm. a tip-off that we're dealing with someone who's struggling probably with undiagnosed ADHD.
1: And when you say churn, tell us more about it. What, what is churning?
2: Turning is when you start out with a plan uh, and visualize it as items. So you've got mm-hmm. uh, your keys in, in one spot, and you've got um, your agenda in another. You've got mm-hmm. the notes for the meeting you're going to in another. You've got uh, your shopping list in the other, and then you start to look for an item and it's not on that first tier of where you've laid things out so you start to dig for what it is or you i've known clients who take their you know a satchel like a backpack or their purse and they dump it out on the floor in a desperate urge to find something and all that does is churn the items that you're trying to keep organized to aid your visual memory. And there's a, yeah. there are so many better ways to handle that.
1: So we start talking a lot about – I do a lot of coaching about awareness of this. And I want to – to make this a little bit tangible, if I'm not going to describe this kind of accurately, you can correct me, but I uh, imagine you can hold five things in your, in your mind at any given time. And we'll call those like one through five but there's 15 things out there that you're dealing with. So when number 10 comes to your mind, you forget two. And when number 13 comes in, you forget three. And then um, number seven comes in and you forget one. So you'll, we're always holding five things in, but something new that you've got to do is always coming in and you're forgetting something. And so you start to spin around in circles. That Hopefully that's a metaphor in terms of, You're turning around because there's all these things that you're trying to remember, but they won't all fit in your working memory at one time. And so when you're in that state, number one, it can get overwhelming. Number two, it can manifest as worry and then anxiety, but also number three, from a self-regulation perspective, you have a tendency just to dump some things out in a moment to try to deal with something and you are just um, losing stuff in the pile. And we can begin to see how this working memory starts to recreate itself and make things worse over a period of time. Now, is that thoughts on that? Does that does that make any sense, or do you it makes my off track? Make, that
2: does make sense. The difference with hoard in a hoarded situation, Jeff, is that that those things aren't abstract; they are actual tangible things that are yep. laid out in a pile, on top of a pile, on top of a pile, yep. and then that you know you're so right about that false sense of urgency where you dump your backpack out and the notes go all over the place and you're working on adrenaline like it's just rushing through you as though the house was on fire and you know just not putting i'd love to hear you say put yourself on pause because i say that to my clients whether they've got adhd or not just for a moment put yourself on pause all right yeah. Ass- assess what the urgency really is. Is it your personal experience of urgency, or is there actually a tangible urgent event that you're responding yep. to? Because yep. otherwise, so, you, those chemicals just keep you running like a gerbil on a wheel, and you can't yeah, see we, um around you yeah, when, we, when you're like we, that. We, you're in fight or flight.
1: Yes. We um we have another show coming up in um. The month of October, ADHD Awareness Month, we actually do a show. Um, it's already been pre recorded where we talk about what's it like to look at ADHD as a dopamine addiction. Um, and when she's talking about chemicals, we start to narrow things down because ADHD is a reward neurotransmitter. And when you get into that where you're excited about something or whatever, you have a tendency just to focus in on that and act on it um, impulsively. The automatic brain is just kind of going through the motion, it's not stopping and thinking. And so that ability to pause and stop and engage the the executive functioning brain, the thinking brain, to override the automatic or primitive brain, is the epicenter of ADHD. I mean, if, if, you, if, you, if that wasn't a problem, ADHD wouldn't be as much of an issue as it is. But some of this, sometimes, is really to help people create awareness and step on the outside. Is if you're looking around and say, I have an excess accumulation, or if I can't use rooms and function in the house, you might be a hoarder, and that 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 some, some adjustment and help is needed. Now, when you're in this state. We had talked about this before, there's certain um, underlying triggers uh, that can lead one to predispose to accumulate things, if I heard that correctly. Um, Can you just touch base on that real quickly? We'll go to break, and then we'll come back and spend more time on it, but just can you address what a trigger would be? Um, Absolutely. Um, So
2: let's talk a little bit about the characteristics of someone who um, ends up in a hoarding situation. The first thing is they probably have a vulnerability to soothe themselves through things. All right, they don't have a good self-soothing uh, mechanism, and so they do it through concrete things. Um, now that can mm-hmm. also be data um, electronically on your computer. Uh, they okay. have an obsession. They they develop that panic, that obsession with losing important things. And so they're afraid to let go of anything because they're going so fast. Their brain is going so fast. They can't figure out how, how true the importance of that item is. So everything in that pile now shares the importance when realistically, yep. if you slow down and, you know, I'm not meaning to plug the book, but in the book, it outlines a method that I developed for helping you slow down and scale um, the importance of objects according to your own preference and your own mm-hmm. values. All right, nobody's going to mm-hmm. tell you what's important and what's not. It's to drill down and be true to yourself. The other mm-hmm. thing is, people can, when they start to lose themselves, they confuse and transfer. Uh, importance and the essence of their identity um, into things. Um, And the absence of control heightens the need for more control. So now they can't let go of anything. Um, Discarding that's unproductive is boring, all right? And it also takes a lot of effort to make those decisions when you're overwhelmed. And so individuals with ADD and ADHD are at particular risk because they have a difficulty with executive function. They're more vulnerable to that. And when yep. things and, and things get started, a hundred things get started, all of the clients I have with ADHD tell me the same thing. I started ten things and I I haven't finished any of them. And yep. I lose track of it, like you said, those five things. Well I'm on to yep. I'm on to fifty right now. Absolutely. And discouraging Um, so the distress also about making decisions um, whether it's because you have and hoarders do have um, a relationship with their things we all do but those relationships are much stronger and much richer probably in the absence of other aspects of their life that would have balanced um, their sense of identity Um, they're very vulnerable to self-blame because they get enough of it from others, and the shame. Nobody is ever yep. going to put their yep. hand up and say, I'm a hoarder, yeah, I want to talk about it.
0: Um, yep.
2: sometimes so, when people are super recyclers, um, that be, almost to the point of obsessive, they have an excess responsibility, a sense of that, uh, for possessions. And so they can't let go of anything unless it goes to the ideal home or it can't be wasted. And they can't see. They've lost the ability to see that that item isn't what they think it is any longer. And then maybe when we come back from the break, we could talk about a few danger signs um, where people are sitting out there going, well, maybe two of the things Elaine said I can relate to personally or I care about somebody and I see it in them. But mm, there are actually seven that I've put together yep. on my website,
1: um, and I would love Got to be able to through those. So, yep. so let's run to the break, everyone. Our secret word tonight is hoarder. Um, Elaine's website is hoarding.ca, and you can find her book on Amazon.com. Uh, That is Conquer the Clutter, Elaine Birchall, B-I-R-C-H-A-L-L. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
0: You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by
1: learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips.
0: The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's
1: addca.com slash ATR.
0: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off
1: you can't go off to college with them but we can visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential you can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code edge and get a free college success guide
0: could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward (laughs) does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool you can get started moving forward today just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're having a conversation with Elaine Burt on the sinking uh, the between hoarding and clutter Uh, We talked about hoarding, the characteristics of it. We talked about triggers of this, and really getting to the part of the show that I really want to kind of focus on. I've learned over the years that um, when it comes to ADHD, tips and tricks, uh, they work sometimes, but a lot of times they don't. And often they don't because they're not dealing with the underlying why is something being done. Uh, I've had stories before where I've coached people that were always 10 or 15 minutes late, and they thought they had a time management problem. And after coaching them, we really began to. They were always late because they didn't really like to be bored. And in that situation, there's not a there's not an alarm or an, a time management system that's going to manage that because you're not the underlying issue is the fact that they don't like to be bored when they when they get there. Until you address that, you're really not going to kind of deal with that. And so, I know when I'm dealing with people with with just ADHD, not a not a real clutter issue or a hoarding issue. And sometimes they have reminders and stuff out, and I help them realize that sometimes those reminders, they're not – it's just not things. It's there. We talk about why it might be because it's taxing their working memory, and then we talk about, like, alternatives. Elaine, as we start to get into this, um, understanding what is underneath all this stuff, as I understand for you, is really, really important if you're going to be able to manage it because you've got to get to the why of what's going on. So there's not just a – there's not one tip or trick or strategy that's really going to help because it depends on the individual. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Absolutely. So underlying
2: someone's um, extraordinary relationship or excessive relationship with things are values, fears, beliefs, Um, sometimes, as I said before, genetics um, that they're not aware of. They just think it's part of the family uh, tradition to hold on to things. We can teach our children to be um, any one of three types of attachment um, relationships with things, um, and people, as I said, become overwhelmed by carrying all of this, and then looking at their things and trying to decide what are important, what's important, and what's not as important when they have to thin things out. And so one of the things that I, and, and the other thing I need to say is with two exceptions, aging with mobility issues and um, fresh grief uh, where you're just not at a stage and that's normal, where you can part with um, maybe as many things as you need to, it belongs to someone or a history, or it—it it is the hallmark of your status that you've lost, or your health, or your identity. Um, mm-hmm. That fresh grief is another time when you really can't apply um, the definition of hoarding to a situation versus mm-hmm. living in a hoarded environment. So, When you look at raising our children, for instance, the number of people who come to me having been taught um, sentimental, intrinsic, and aesthetic attachment to things, um, profound. I I was working with a woman at one point um, who had such a profound sense of responsibility and obligation to recycle that we had to – develop a system that took up the better part of a wall and she, it still wasn't enough for her. Every single item couldn't be discarded, even if it was broken or contaminated. And so mm-hmm. underlying that, you're looking at things like depression, um, anxiety disorders, and many of these are undiagnosed Um mm-hmm addictions, um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe somewhere on the autism spectrum disorder. Um, sadly, sometimes with older individuals, it can be early stage dementia, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: ADHD, uh, social isolation, um, traumatic life events. In my book, one of these stories, which is absolutely true, um, is um, of an elderly woman I was working with um, who was having some um, health deterioration problems that meant uh, impendingly she was going to have to either move from her her home or somebody was going to have to come and live with her. And it, we, we made reasonable success trying to make decisions, but we kept stumbling over the same
0: mm-hmm.
2: mental problems
0: of yep. not
2: enough storage and not yep. being willing to let go of things or feeling comfortable yep. doing that. And um, it was in a moment of um, discovery, really, where we were handling some of the items in a, in a cupboard, and all of a sudden you could feel um, the whole energy change and we discovered that there had been um, a tremendously traumatic event that was the reason why nothing could be let go of. I've got other people I'm working with, with others who have a combination of comorbidities, Jeff, and it's sad mm-hmm. to see them trying to balance those out. Now, mm-hmm. in my practice, if someone has another comorbidity, one of another mental health, or sometimes it's a physical health, Parkinson's, MS, um, causes a deterioration in the person's physical ability first and then cognitively following that. Um, if it's a minor um, comorbidity then, or at a minor degree, then I will work with that. I have enough experience having been a social worker for 35 years mm-hmm. I can handle that, but if not, one of the reasons that um, I'm so glad to be on your show is that I know other professionals will be listening as well, and I firmly believe um, that people come to us as whole beings and that you can't just parse out, okay, I'm a hoarding behavior and intervention specialist, so I'm just going to treat your hoarding behavior, and I'm going to disregard the other things that are true about you that you struggle with. Um, and so, so often professionals work in silos. I form partnerships with other experts and hand off a piece of the work. For ADHD, for instance, um, I've got one of my clients working with a specialist in ADHD. Yeah. So, she
1: didn't even know she had ADHD. Yeah. So, so, So what I'm starting to hear is that if you have, if you're looking around, and you have an excessive accumulation of stuff. It's impairing your house and stressing other people out. Those, these are signs where you really could be a hoarder. I'm starting to sense of a bit of a distinction because I, I worked with a lot of people who have a lot of clutter. That in particular, everything had value, and I would ask them, you know, you know, how does it serve you to keep that? And they'd say, well, you know, it's worth something. I go, well, what's the cost of finding a home? And they go, well, what do you mean? I go, well, what's the cost of finding a home? And, and I've had a lot of like conversations with people. You know, there's this thing they thought they could sell it on eBay. They get out there, there's nothing there, and they I say, you know, it's
0: it's going to cost
1: you two hundred dollars in time and effort to drive it around and ship it and all that type of stuff. You know, what what is that barrier? And I'm I've had a lot of success where people let that go, or the notion of I'm just trying to get rid of this clutter, and they're not. And I'm like, well, what's it reminding you of? Like finding out that, and we've done some shows on this. Like I, Jeff Copper, have a museum. It's a closet up top of my stairs. I have a letter jacket that I've I, I lettered in college uh, as a swimmer. I'm never going to wear it again, but I hold it. It's proof that I did it. But I have a museum. It's confined to this this closet, and you know I'm, I, it doesn't expand. Usually I'm, I can only handle so much. It kind of comes in. So in working with people, if they're open to some of those things and they're like, okay, I see that's what it is, and, and they're able to manage it, then it sounds like a little bit more ADD. If these types of things aren't there and you cling to it and it moves to these other things, Sounds to me, we're starting to move possibly into the hoarding realm, which is much more complicated, and you really—it's not just about getting rid of clutter. It's about dealing with some of these underlying issues and seeking other professionals might be in line. Am I misrepresenting Absolutely. that, or is that—is that a kind of a, a good way oh, to sit and make a distinction? No, that's true.
2: However, in a hoarding situation, the. A fundamental point is the person's relationship to the things. I don't start working with people to get them to throw things out or get rid of things. I help them change their relationship to those items so that they can sort out, according to their own needs and their own values, what is important to them, what is most important to them. So they honour themselves at the same time. And then when they experience the category of things or the types of things uh, that are, to them, the most important. I call them the one, two, threes. They are the top priorities. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they can't be so contaminated that you can't fix it. Uh, that's a different mm-hmm. discussion. But um, then they can experience that oh, these other things that were part of the same pile, they're not as important. And then we can Mm -hmm. form a plan for, okay, what is the best resolution of this? Um, But, you know, the, the, the museum cupboard that you were talking about, one of the difficulties with an individual who hoards is the intensity of the relationship. The fact that they probably don't have other aspects in their life um, that supplement compensating for giving up that swimming um, cup um, or Mm -hmm. other items that they keep that are evidence that they matter or they did matter, Mm -hmm. loved by someone. That was a happy memory. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes people even get ill enough, Jeff, that they they know they don't hear the thing talking to them, but it's as though that yep. garbage bag, yep. the things they put in it, don't yep. want thrown out. So they're projecting um, maybe a fear, or they're overcompensating. Um, to anthropomorphize those things. Uh, we do that with pets. Some people yep. become so lost, Jeff, that they start to do it
1: with things. So we need to, to start kind of pulling this together. So what I'm hearing in this is that um, the grand scale hoarding is a issue um, in part of self-regulation and control, and um, those with ADHD are predisposed to have trouble with that, just like they're predisposed for um, um, substance abuse among other things and hoarding would be one of them so it's kind of a comorbid type thing. We talked about what the distinction is in hoarding um, and, and and just clutter realizes that for people with ADHD because of working memory and some other issues there is a level of, of stuff that's out that is uh, part of the ADHD and can be a compensatory strategy and, but the question is, is when you sc- we cross that line and when you do a lot of other issues that really need to be kind of looked at addressed because you need to look at you know, the relationship with things and the root of that, which often needs some type of professional help to, to recognize it, just to kind of go it alone is going to be difficult. And the evidence of that is if you keep trying to get rid of the clutter and it's not going, there's a good chance that you need to go explore this with somebody else. Um, Absolutely. Any last insights before we kind of close this out? Any, any I, I, we, Just from time perspective, we don't have a lot more covered, but any last thoughts before we um, wrap it up?
2: Yeah, I, I think um, – the first thing I say to my clients is we're going to work on your self respect, restoring your self respect and your self esteem. So even though you're not perfect, be kind to yourself. You treat yourself with respect, all right? Whatever mm-hmm. disorder you're living with, know about it. Learn about your disorder so you can understand yourself better. And also live it unapologetically because everybody in this life gets something, and this is what you've got, all right, and it's doable. So treat yourself with respect and expect others to do the same even when you're not perfect.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. That also helps remove some of the emotions so you can get down to some of that stuff. So with all that, uh, Elaine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. I was a thrill. Everyone, our secret word tonight was hoarder. To learn more about Elaine, go to her website, hoarding.ca, and check out her book, Conquer the Clutter, on Amazon.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Attention Talk Radio. Catch us next week. Take
0: care. Brought me to the Graces. I thought it was an investment group at first, and then. Uh, I don't so trust sure. these people. Help yourself and your husband. The Graces didn't do anything wrong. They don't understand died. Mm-hmm. My husband said that he signed over twenty percent of our assets.